740 at DWS, Dave Gentry, Elizabeth Hess, and Congressman Rondi Davis joins us this morning. Congressman, how are you? Hey, I'm great, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. Glad to have you with us this morning. We had uh, a little blurb on the farm show this morning. Uh, you had some comments on the farm bill. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I'm very disappointed that uh, the farm bill did not pass uh, four years ago. I actually made a lot of great friends on all sides of the aisle during the farm bill debate in 2013. Uh, we offered amendments, bipartisanship reigned, and unfortunately, um, this time, bipartisanship didn't, even in the Ag Committee. Uh, we didn't even have any one of my colleagues on the Democratic side of the aisle offer an amendment to, to change a bill that they said they didn't like. And, and I got to kind of feel sorry for them because I don't think it was driven by their desire to not want to participate in the process. I, I think it was a direct order from Nancy Pelosi and Steny Hoyer, who lead the Democrat side of the aisle here in Congress. Do you, do you think Nancy Pelosi is going to stay in if, if things change in Congress? Oh, she's absolutely she is. She you think so? She is. Uh, yeah, there's no no doubt in my mind and no doubt in the, the minds of my colleagues that I talked to uh, who are on the other side of the aisle out here, that they believe Nancy's going to run again and she wants that speaker's gavel back. Congressman, uh, Donald Trump cannot block Twitter users for political views they've expressed, according to a federal judge in Manhattan yesterday. Um, and the judge said that she is sensitive to his First Amendment rights. Now, several of my friends have said that your office has blocked them. Is this going to change or affect a way that you relate or that you communicate with your constituents? I have no idea who's blocked and who's not. As you know, I don't run my Twitter account, Elizabeth. Uh, but I'll happily talk to the folks that do in my staff and ask them uh, if that's the case, number one. And if not, uh, happy to uh, happy to get their opinion on it, and I'll have them get back to you. I appreciate that. Let's change our attention to gun control. I know you love debating this with me. Um, Illinois came close. The General Assembly passed a landmark bipartisan bill to provide more accountability for gun dealer sales. Governor Bruce Rauner vetoed that bill. The General Assembly is working hard to put a revised bill back on his desk. In Washington, will there be any actual gun control reforms, anything proposed? I know gun stocks were discussed, but now are you all just waiting until after midterms to see how that plays out? First off, let's take a step back to what Governor Rauner did. He mandatorily vetoed the bill to make it... Uh, to address some of the concerns that the legislators actually put in, but also take out some of the most onerous, onerous uh, issues. Uh, and the legislature, instead of accepting that mandatory veto, uh, decided that they wanted to uh, wanted to write their own bill again. And a lot of this, Elizabeth, is the same thing as out here. You know, let's look at good policies that are going to work. Uh, but unfortunately, just like in Illinois, debates on every issue, including this one, are going to get caught up in politics and force people to take votes that they don't want to take uh, or votes or, or have to make a decision like in Governor's Rauner, Governor Rauner's case that he shouldn't have to make if it truly is good bipartisan legislation. And frankly, uh, the governor did what uh, he thought was best. And I would hope that the legislators in Illinois would actually respect his opinion and his ability to have that mandatory veto. But they didn't and they won't. Let's switch our attention to DACA. Uh, Politico reports 
that Paul Ryan has leaned especially on Illinois has the fourth largest number of DACA uh, children to dreamers. Can we, can you honestly tell me Paul Ryan has not put any pressure on you to not vote for anything promoted by Democrats? That's according to Politico. Uh, what was your final question? My final question, question is, have you gotten any pressure from Paul Ryan not to approve and not to vote on anything proposed by Democrats? No. There you go. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. So I know you've all along said that you would like to see the Dreamers remain here and have some honest legislation passed. Will you put your name to the, the proposal that's being uh, passed around right now? Uh, no, I won't, try, I won't sign a discharge petition. Uh, that's a, a procedural tool that the minority uses in Congress, and, and that's something that uh, I don't believe is the tool that should be utilized. Uh, however, I've been sitting in meetings with a wide variety of folks uh, on my side of the aisle talking about how we get to solving the problem that the president wants to solve, and that's a long-term solution for our DACA recipients here in this country. And unfortunately, I think just like a lot of issues, and you and I have talked about this for for five and a half years, Elizabeth, when you look at DACA, when you look at immigration reform, there were so many opportunities to do this. Even opportunities when, before I even got here, when Barack Obama and the Democrats controlled the Senate and the filibuster-proof majority controlled the House, they didn't do anything. Um, I just don't think that leadership on either side is doing enough to want to solve this problem. And, and I think it's a lot more out of, uh, out of politics rather than good policy, and, and I'm not convinced that either side wants to see a solution. Did you just call out Mitch McConnell and Paul Ryan? I'm calling out everybody in leadership on both sides of the aisle. calling out Barack Obama, calling out Nancy Pelosi. I'm calling out uh, Chuck Schumer, Dick Durbin, uh, Paul Ryan, Mitch McConnell, everybody that has served here long before I did that should have solved this problem long before I even got here. But since I'm here now, I'm sitting at the table trying to make sure that we come up with solutions. And, and that's a, a far cry from a lot of my colleagues on both sides of the aisle who just want to stand up and demagogue about it or, or feign, that they're, uh, feign that they're offended by what somebody may say at the Oval Office. All right, Congressman Rodney Davis. I'm hey. tweeting you later. Please don't block me. <laughs> Thanks for your time this morning. We appreciate it.